0: Amen. Before you're seated, let's bring some March Madness into this sanctuary. We just sang about it. Let's—the song talked about roaring for Him. Let's picture Jesus in heaven, seated on the throne with His crown, and let's give Him glory. In the count of three, let's shout Hallelujah. Say You are holy. Uh, lift up His name and whatever you want. But I want the neighbors to hear us. One, two, three. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise Your name. Oh yeah. You may be seated. Uh, The time changed Sunday, we just scared some of the neighbors maybe, who knows, you know, uh, maybe they're still resting. Hey, it has been an exciting weekend, I don't know if you noticed, March Madness is upon us, whether your team won or lost, it's been exciting, Uh, some of the games already, uh, and we should be as excited and more excited about what happens, and for the sake of the gospel as we are about basketball, amen, and I am a basketball fanatic, and, and I just am convicted of that on a daily basis. Another thing that happened this past week that is amazing, uh, this last night, Daddy-Daughter Dance took place. And um, If you were here uh, maybe as a a father, grandfather, or as a brother of Christ with a young lady or a a sister in Christ, it was good to encourage them, to love on them. And I just want to say thank you to everyone who made that possible. Uh, Lisa Langham and Tiffany put that team together, and so many people came to serve. Let's praise God for what happened last night with Daddy-Daughter Dance. Another thing that happened kind of all week, the last 10 days or so, and for, uh, uh, oh, well over a month, is, has been the musical Beauty and the Beast. I was able to see it um, on Friday night with Daily, my daughter, and it was tremendous. The amount of talent that we have at Greenville High School with our faculty, staff, musicians, actresses, and actors, it is amazing. I just want to celebrate the effort put into that and the way that uh, my daughter looks up to those high schoolers already. She got... A little four-by-six picture of, the, of the, the just the actors and actresses, and it is uh, something she cherishes already. Uh, great job. If you had anybody involved in that and they're not here, let them know that we appreciate that. Let's praise God for that that took place. I was on the way home uh, from Friday night with Daly. We stayed extra long because she had that little uh, picture, and we have like 20 signatures on the back of that little uh, piece of uh, uh, ph- photography or whatever, for that photo. And she's so proud of the name she had. She was looking at it. On the way home, she turned to me and she said, Dad, what does it mean to be hospitable? Okay, It's a word that was in the musical. And I said, well, Daly, what do you think it means to be hospitable? And she says, well, I think it means that you would be kind and helpful to your guest. And I said, Daley, that's exactly right. Great definition for that. I said, words matter. You need to remember that. And so she tested me last night on the way home from the daddy-daughter dance about that word again and it's just it's just something that we need to understand. Words matter. The first time we see the word Christian is in our reading from this past week in Acts chapter 11, where it says, the people following Jesus from the way first were called Christians at Antioch, Acts chapter 11. Words matter. That's what we're known as as Christians, people who follow Jesus. Well, I love the word Christian. Uh, this week I was... Uh, somewhere at one of the first Lenten services and and I was introduced to someone who never met me before and they are like, hey, he pastors, he's the preacher at this church and and, uh, you know the church and they were like, no, I don't know what church that is and they said, yeah, you know, the church that used to follow this gentleman And, and they said this guy's name and they had this slang word for people who went here, they were following this person and I was like, wait a second, no one has ever followed a person other than Jesus Christ at Greenville First Christian Church. Words matter, we follow Christ, Amen. Words matter? And we're called Christians. Jesus called us something even, I think, more beautiful for his sake than just a Christian, because that was given to us by men. Jesus tells us in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, as we're ready to grow out, as the church is exploding from Jerusalem, here's what he says we're to be known as. Look at this. These are the words of Jesus. Words matter. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you'll be my witnesses. Jesus says, who you're going to be is a witness for me. Whose witness? You're going to be my witness in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. We're going to be his witnesses all the way from that core explosion, in Jerusalem, uh, to the ends of the earth in Bond County. Witnesses for what? What is a witness? We, we don't need to... Uh, rush past this. a witness, is someone who speaks on behalf of the person they're talking about. And we're to be the witness of Jesus and his death, his burial, his resurrection, and the fact that we believe he's coming again. He's seated on the throne. That's the good news. Far too often we just think we're to be Christians who kind of consume the blessings of Christianity. Jesus in the text says what you're going to be is his witness. So, as we're going to grow out, here's the I got to be honest with you. If we're really going to continue to grow as a church, both here in Bond County and globally, you, uh, followers of Jesus, need to be witnesses for Jesus on a, on a daily, one on one basis with those you come into contact with. We see in Acts chapter 1 through 7, they were witnessing about Jesus right there in Jerusalem and Judea. And then in Acts chapter 8, we see it expand a little bit. Uh, We see Philip in this Samaritan town, uh, this big city in Samaria, and he is witnessing. And then we even see it explode into a a country about 1,500 miles away into Ethiopia through the Ethiopian eunuch. And that's where we're headed today. How this continues to go from Jerusalem to Samaria, even into Ethiopia, and and today right here in Bond County. You'd be like, oh, it would have been an amazing time to be a Christian in Acts chapter 8. Everyone seems to be following Jesus, right? They, they hear the good news, they witness, and, and they're baptized, thousands of them. On a daily basis, they're being saved. You'd be like, man, it would be easy to be a witness in Acts chapter 8. No. Look at the text. While, while, while we get caught up in the romantic nature of the explosion of the church in Acts chapter 8, look what happens. Verse 1, and Saul approved of their killing him. This religious leader named Saul says, Hey, what you did with Stephen and you had him stoned, it's good. I approve it. And on that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem. And all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Guys, we are blessed in the culture we live in to be able to be witnesses for Christ with hardly any persecution. But in Acts chapter 8, as the church was exploding, uh, Saul came to snuff out the church, to, to, to put an end to it, and yet what happens under testing and persecution, the church grows. So while uh, I look back on the last two years, maybe the last uh, 10 years, as the church has become kind of complacent, not only here in Bond County, but around the world, and we've been under some pressure, I'm excited that the church is about ready to grow as we are his witnesses moving forward. When things are easy, you know what happens? We die. We die. We get complacent, we get comfortable, Uh, but all throughout God's word, we see when evil comes against the church and it is put under pressure, God provides growth. It's a truth of the Old Testament. In Genesis chapter 50, verse 20, it says this, what the enemy meant for evil, God used for good, And, and we're to be excited about this, know this. If something has come against your life, maybe it's a death, maybe it's a disease, maybe it's a hardship. Whatever the enemy meant for evil, God will use it for good when we're ready to be his witness. So I don't know what you're going through today, and you're like, man, I'd be, I feel beat up, this, this, this problem, this, this pressure. Maybe it is flat-out persecution. Know that God is going to turn that for good if you're willing to speak up for Jesus. He's going to use it for his glory. Sometimes it's a little thing. That we think sometimes would get, um, be a big thing, but it's really small, but God can still use it. It was really a, a bumper for the Grabers van. Uh, we've got a Honda van now. we've went back to the van life, that's right. And um, there was a day where Tiffany was getting ready to pick up daily from school it was at the end of uh, 2021, one of the last days of school in December, and uh, she was just kind of waiting for Tiffany uh, daily over in the parking lot just right over here. about the same time I came out of the church of the, these front doors and Daily spotted me, I yelled to her, and, and I, I really love it when the kids and I can, can kind of meet and, and then kind of run together. So she was running towards me, I was running towards her. Tiffany realized she wasn't coming to the van, and so Tiffany kind of just backs up, paying attention to us, and uh, she backed up right into one of the light poles right out here in the parking lot. The light pole is okay. Don't worry about it, okay? It's fine. The van, however, major damage, Okay? Um, just to the bumper but it just destroyed that back bumper uh, up into the the passenger fender well and I was like wow I, I heard it all you know it, was, it, it sounded even worse than it looked you know it was, and and so I took it to the local body shop we've got some great body shops around here got a, uh, an estimate how to fix it and I was a little disappointed you know how much they want for a bumper nowadays okay and uh, we we did an insurance claim and and then uh, we're figuring out over uh, just the holiday season when to get it in. And, and I did something that I usually do. I just looked it up on YouTube. How, how can you do this on your own? And I got this idea that I would just fix this problem on my own. What God, what the enemy meant for evil, God used for good. Just remember that. And I ordered this bumper from Canada. At first I didn't realize it was being ordered from Canada. About the same time the trucker... Um, in Canada was shutting down mass uh, transportation of these type of goods. Just pause that story right there for a second, okay? God sometimes will take a tough situation and use it for his good. Look look how he did it in Acts chapter 8, verse 4. Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Uh, This this scattering, this persecution allowed the word to go out from Jerusalem. (coughs) Philip went down to a city in Samaria, and proclaimed the Messiah there. When the crowd heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they all played, paid close attention to what he said. For with shrieks, impure spirits came out of many, and many of who were paralyzed and lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. Philip preached the good news. He was a witness. he, he performed miracles. He did good works. And many people had salvation. Many people had great joy. What, what, what the enemy had meant for evil, he had turned into evangelism. And this was a mass evangelism. There were thousands of people, I believe, coming to Christ through Philip's ministry. Large crowds heard the good news. We often think of evangelism in, in the setting of church and, and many people coming to hear. And, and it is awesome when, when that type of response is huge. But what, look what happens next in Acts. In Acts chapter 8, verse 26, we see a surprise. In the midst of this great mass evangelism, look what the angel of the Lord says to Philip Go to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. Philip could have said, God, I'm in this city doing amazing things. Thousands of people have great joy because of the gospel, and you're wanting me to go down by the Gaza Strip to the desert road? This was a destitute place. Here's what I want us to understand to this. Even though Philip didn't know what was about to happen, as he headed down to this desert road to to speak to one stranger, this proves a great point, the big idea of today. God cares about each person. And the church will grow out when we're witnessing through personal evangelism. You need to hear this today. God cares about you. If you're kind of hearing the gospel story uh, lately for the first time, you've never received it on your own, God cares about you. You're like, why in the world am I here on Spring Forward Sunday, 2022, when nothing seems to matter to me? No, God is calling you today, whoever you are, to hear the good news just like this Ethiopian eunuch did some 2,000 years ago. But it, it often is not going to rely on the preacher. It's going to rely on someone else, one person meeting you on this desert situation and sharing the hope that they have with you through Jesus. I wonder, how, when's the last time you shared that hope with someone? God desires that each of us be a witness for him on, on often one-on-one conversations to be his witness, to share the good news. I love the fact that sometimes you will bring your friends and family to hear D and I share a sermon or, or the gospel. Man, there's value in that. Don't get me wrong. Keep doing that. But oftentimes the greatest way to share with someone the hope we have is you just talking to them about what Jesus means to you. By personal evangelism. Because that person matters to, to God. You can be the greatest witness, your friends, family members, and even strangers that you witness will ever meet here's the reality we are called christians but jesus wants us to be witness so how how can we be a witness here's six things that we're going to do to be a better witness today we're going to go through these pretty quick the first is this we the church will grow out as we witness following the holy spirit's prompting each of these will have a p and it helps me remember helps you remember hopefully but we've got to follow the holy spirit's prompting look what it says in the text again says the angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south of this road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in the charge of the treasury of the Candace. The Candace is like the Pharaoh or the king. It, it, it says in parentheses here, this was the queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home he was sitting in his chair reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The Spirit told Philip, Go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. He says, Do you understand what you're reading, Philip asked. Look at this map here. Uh, Philip was in this uh, Samaritan town, and God said through an angel, Hey, go to this d- desert, uh, desert road, and I'm going to send you there to meet someone. I-. And he didn't know who he's meeting. So he followed the, the guidance of, of the Lord in, in this way, He traveled probably two or three days and he's hanging out on this road. While he's on this road, the Spirit says, Okay, see this guy coming? You need to go talk to him. And Philip was obedient to the Spirit's call, to the Spirit's prompting. And in this moment, he began to minister to this Ethiopian eunuch. He was a great example of of how God, at a specific time, in a specific place, can lead two people to have a conversation about Jesus. Not so much about religion. But about a relationship with Jesus, we sometimes call these things divine appointments. You ever heard that terminology that God gave you a divine meeting, this special thing that you didn't have on your plan, you you had no idea it was going to happen? When was the last time you were brought together with someone and you felt like God brought you together? If it hasn't happened for a while, I wonder if you've been leading to the Spirit, because He will draw you together to someone who needs encouraged, who needs loved. It might be your spouse. That divine prompt to say, hey, go and talk to them. Go give them a hug. It it might be a child. It might be your neighbor. It might be a coworker. It might be a stranger you've never met. Remember the story about the the bumper? I ordered that bumper, and it was supposed to be here in a couple days, and and weeks went by. A month went by. Tiffany's like, Tyson, you should have just let the body shop fix the car, because she's driving around the whole time with a reminder of the, the light pole out here, you know? I said, it's going to be fine. I began to have my doubts if this company even existed. I called them on multiple occasions. Do you have my bumper? You know, and they're like, yeah, we're going to make sure we get that to you. It's supposed to go out. Shipping's been a problem. Well, to my surprise, about six weeks after that, first, that initial order, I got a call from a gentleman from central Illinois. He says, hey, I've got a package for you. I'm supposed to deliver it to your home. But with the roads the way they are, and I'm driving a full-size semi with a a van trailer, 40-foot trailer, I don't think I'm going to get down your road, let alone your lane. I'm looking at Google Earth, and I said, hey, that's fine. I'll meet you in Greenville. Can you come to Greenville First Christian Church? He says, no, the roads are posted. I'm too heavy. And I said, how about let's meet at IGA? He says, okay, I know where IGA is. I'll meet you there. I'll be there in five minutes. I said, I'll be there in 10, and I've got 20 minutes, so I've got to get to a meeting, so this will all work. So I rush over to IGA with Tiffany's van. He's already in the back of IGA parking lot with his uh, big roller uh, door opened up, ready to, to put his goods in the back of my van. It, it's like a, a scene from a movie, okay? So I, I back my van up to the back of this trailer, open up my back hatch, and we're going to exchange this these goods. And, and we do that relatively quickly. And then God spoke to me, uh, not, not out loud, but he said, man, see how this guy's doing. So I said, how are you doing today? And, and he quickly said, I'm kind of having a rough time. So I ask a few more questions. On that day on social media, if, if, if we share uh, any accounts together, you may have remembered a day where I posted something relatively strange earlier that morning. God led me earlier that morning to just post, give someone a hug today that you don't generally hug because they might need a hug today. And I just let that hang there and people are like, that's weird. You know, nobody said it. Sometimes, you know, things are weird when nobody says anything about a post, Okay. I'm sitting there talking to this guy about kind of his problems and listen to him. He, at this point, doesn't even really know I'm a pastor. And then I asked him if I could pray for him. He said, sure. So we prayed about some of the things. His door's still open. My door's still open. I'm still probably on video surveillance of IGA, you know, all that's going on. And I say, after we said amen, I said, hey, can I give you a hug? And he said, sure. So I move in to hug this trucker after we just put something in the back of my van. And it just it's kind of a a strange situation. After that moment, this guy being a believer of years ago, he says, I believe that your wife backed into the light pole at the church because I told him why I was ordering this, so that we would be able to meet today so that you could encourage me and pray for me because for the past four years I've been running from God. There's a lot more going with that story, but last night that gentleman came into a church building for the first time in four years with his daughter for Daddy Daughter Dance. Yeah, that's pretty good. I don't know, he said he may be coming. We didn't talk that it was Spring Forward Sunday, so who knows that may have messed everything up because he, he lives in the region. Stephen, are you here today? If you're here, just let's acknowledge that. There'll be a day where Stephen comes. Stephen also told me last night that um, in the past four years, we've been talking this week a little bit on the phone, and he says, Tyson, I got my Bible out, and I'm one of those guys that we talk about at church whenever I used to go to church. He was even a leader in a church. He says that I haven't even dusted my Bible off for years, so when I got it out this week, I had to dust it off. He said, but I couldn't open it yet. I just can't bring myself to do it. But God's working on his life, and he's the one that said this was a divine appointment in this whole situation. So, so what I'd like you to consider was who is God leading you to love on, to encourage, to pray for, to just be in a relationship with? The church will grow when we follow the Holy Spirit's prompting. Who is God prompting you to, to witness to? And then speak up. The church will also grow, point number two, when we witness to all people. This is pretty simple. I'm going to go pretty quick on this. Look what it says. So he started out, and on his way he met the Ethiopian eunuch. Now, that, that's a loaded phrase there. This guy is from Ethiopia. So first, he's from a different nation, about 1,500 miles away. He's a eunuch. You can study what that is. He, somehow he knew that. Uh, a lot going on there. And he is also a Gentile. This is the first time the gospel has not only went to just the Jews. The Samaritans would have been half Jew and half Greek. And now this guy is totally Greek. This guy is totally different. And yet, Philip reaches out to him. A lot of times what we think is that when somebody is different, somebody else has to reach out to them. No. God is calling you. If he calls you to reach out to somebody, no matter how different they are then you, we are called to, to be his witness. This Samaritan, this guy who had reached out to Samaritans, is now reaching out to an Ethiopian. And the gospel is for everyone. Jesus said this in John 3.16. For God so loved who? The world, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. So so we're to reach out to everyone. wonder who God is calling you to reach out to that's different than you. And you've been putting it off because you don't know how you relate. You don't know if you would be able to connect. Maybe they have a different political viewpoint. Come on, get past it. Maybe I'll just say that one more time. Maybe they have a different political point of view than you, and you're called to reach out to them. Get past it. Maybe they're different, have a sexual orientation than you. Get past it. They need Jesus. Maybe they're from a different uh, culture. Maybe they have a different skin color. Maybe there was a past situation where they offended you or you offended them. Get past it and know that God is calling us to witness to all people. And until we do that, the church is not going to grow Here's the third thing. The church will grow when we witness with passion. Look what it says in the text. Philip ran. I just want to stop right there for a minute. He, he ran. A lot of times we're called by God and we're like, well, I'll do it tomorrow. And then we start moving and we kind of wander. And, and, and we let something pass. by. Oh, I missed the opportunity. This guy ran to the chariot. So the chariot's going down the desert road and all of a sudden you've got a guy running beside it. It's going to get the attention of this Ethiopian eunuch. When's the last time you showed passion to someone about Jesus? When's the last time you spoke up at all? We're, we're to be energetic, we're to be excited, we're to be enthusiastic. Does that mean we're ignoring and obnoxious? I sure hope not. But it's too many times the world is looking for us to have a little life. You know what we look more like? People that have been soaked soaked in pickle juice for a little too long. We kind of look sour. We kind of look like, well, we'll go to church, but it's not that fun. In fact, it's probably the main topic of conversation on a day like today, Springford Sunday. Oh, we're here, it's good. We're here to worship the King of heaven, the eternal king, but it's Springford Sunday. I'm a little tired. I'm guilty. How about let's get past some of our problems say, I'm passionate about the fact Jesus saved me and it is alive and is coming again and I want to share that with as many people as possible. He ran to the chariot. He, he had passion. If we're not careful, guys, you know what our attitude looks like? Something the world doesn't want. I hope I don't repel too many of you today with my little uh, chest problem and, and little tickle in my throat. But you know what the word, you know, if somebody coughs in today's society, it's like the black plague, you know, it's like, and I get it. Been healthy for two years and now COVID's gone and I'm, I don't know what I got. Let's just put it that way, okay? But here's the reality. A lot of times the way we act as Christians in our attitudes, people look at us with our sourness and our, our, our lack of passion like, we don't want what they've got. I can find something better anywhere else. Guys, we need to have passion and excitement about the good news of Jesus Christ. And then it becomes contagious in a good way. And that's up to you. To be passionate daily for Jesus. The church will also grow as we witness personally. Look what Philip did. He got personal. He says, do you understand do you understand what you're reading? In fact, it'd been more like this. Hey, do you understand what you're reading, man? I can't keep this up for very long. And the guy's like, hey, by the way, look what look what the text says. He, he says, Yeah, I, I need to understand this. He, he he engages him by asking a question. And if we don't open our mouths, we're gonna miss the guy moving by. Our world is moving so fast, they're not in chariots, guys. We're 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 moving on hyperspeed on the internet. Our world is moving so fast. People have so much garbage in and out of their minds. We need to be truthful with the gospel, and it's simple, that Jesus died, rose, and is coming again because God loved him that much. We've got to be clear about the personal message of Jesus. Some of you are saying, well, I'm just living for him, and someday people will see, and they'll ask me. You you guys are great Christians, many of you, and and you live great model lives, and that needs to be very much celebrated, but there comes a point you got to open your mouth about Jesus. The, the plan of living a holy life and having someone come and knock on your door before they die and say, Hey, I have been I've been noticing you're a godly person. I want to know what's different about you. It's not gonna happen. <coughs> if it does, it's very unlikely. There comes a point with because of your actions, because of your relationship, you say, How are you doing? Do you know Jesus? We must engage. St. Francis of Assisi said this, and I've preached this in different ways. He says, preach the gospel at all times, and when necessary, use words. Guys, it's time to use words. Continue to to live out the gospel. Continue to be faithful and to be holy, but it's time to use words. Start with simple questions like this. How's the kids? How are the grandkids? How, How are things at work? Uh, do, do, you, do you have joy right now? Or, are you afraid of anything? Are you concerned? Just conti- continue to have a conversation. The, the conversation when you're at the IGA uh, checkout counter or parking lot doesn't have to start with this question. Have you been saved by the blood of Jesus? You don't have to start with that question. You don't have to start with the question. Do you understand the, 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 all the dynamics of the potential uh, uh, second coming of Christ? Don't, don't start with that one, but start with this one. How can I help you? How are things going? And, and know that God will work in your life. It's kind of it's what Jesus did. Remember with he, when he met the woman at the well? He didn't lead with the fact, well, where's your husband at? Who, who have you been sleeping with? He didn't start with that. Remember what Jesus said when he first engaged the woman at the well? He says, hey, can you give me a drink of water? And he just started a conversation with her. Look what it says here. He says, hey, do you understand this? Do you understand what you're reading? And and then the open eunuch said this in verse 31. How can I unless someone explains it to me? So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Isn't that cool? He says, come up and if you're running, you've been running for a while, just come up in the chariot and we'll, we'll hang out together for a while. So they just keep traveling down the road and he begins to explain the scripture that he's reading from Acts chapter 8, which is really from Isaiah 53 and Philip knew this. It's the, it's the passage about the suffering servant. So here's the reality. We kind of have to know scripture. We have to know what points to Jesus. And look, they begin to go through the scripture. It says this. This is the passage of scripture the Ethiopian eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb before the shear is silent, he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. They reread that. And Philip asked, or the e- eunuch asked, Tell me, please, please tell me. He's like, I want to know. Who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with this very passage of scripture and told him the good news of Jesus. I, I love this. Philip didn't say, Hey, I-, I just need to tell, don't worry about the Old Testament. I, I just got to tell you what's coming. No, he says, I'm going to start with the Old Testament because it all points to Jesus. And they discuss this Isaiah 53 passage. And then he says, by the way, it is Jesus who was just crucified and is now risen and is coming again. And he tells them even more about what Jesus says. And here's the cool part. As he witnesses to him, the eunuch understands. It's time for us to witness. It's time to spend time with those. But there must be a point, And here's, here's the next point. We grow out as we share the scripture that points to Jesus. It's really that, it's really that simple. Everything we communicate everything we do has to have the goal of sharing the hope of Jesus. We need to understand the Word is connected always to Jesus. In fact, the Old and New Testaments are both known by many cultures as the old witness and the new witness, both witnessing to Jesus. And that's our job as well, to be his witness, to declare what he's done. I wonder if you know enough about Scripture to point to Jesus in most Scripture. Whether it's in Genesis chapter 1 All through the beginning of Genesis where where sin enters in the world and the scriptures foretells that that while Satan tried to to strike the heel of the Savior to coming, uh, the Savior uh, crushed his head. That's about Jesus. Isaiah 53 is about Jesus. We've got to be pointing to Christ, Him crucified, risen, and coming again. It is literally that simple to allow salvation to come on someone's heart. How you can start doing it is just reading one book a day well not one book one even one chapter I encourage you to to join with us as we read through Acts this month we're in Acts chapter 13 today tomorrow will be in Acts chapter 14 and the next day 15 just join with us whatever day of the the month it is let's be in that chapter of Acts join a Sunday school class or a Wednesday night small group or in a Bible study with someone else maybe your spouse Uh, join with us on Right Now Media how many of you know what Right Now Media is raise your hand if you've ever heard of that It is our uh, Bible study library database for our church. We've partnered with a lot of other churches. And there are about 20,000 Bible studies on this um, platform that you can put on your phone, your computer, any any smart device. You can sign up for this for free by emailing Belinda at belinda at greenvillefcc.org. And then she will send you an invitation link back to that. What a great resource. Man, there's no excuse for us to not get into the Bible. Look what it says in verse 20, 35. Then Philip began with that very passage and told him the good news about Jesus. And he started talking about Jesus. Talk about his virgin birth. Talk about his perfect life. Talk about how he's buried and how he healed many and how he raised the dead. Talk about that he's coming again and that he's going to reign forever as king. Talk about Jesus. And some people say, hey, this message is foolishness. Look what it says in 1 Corinthians 1. It says... The message of the cross is foolish to those who are headed for destruction. There's going to be people that make fun of you. If you hug for the next 100 days a 100 different people uh, randomly, 99 of them, unless led by the Holy Spirit, are going to be like, get away from me. But there's a time when we're led by the Holy Spirit, when we're supposed to talk about Jesus, we'll be received and received well. Because look what it says, but for those being saved, it is the very power of God. The message of Jesus can conquer everything. There's one more point to this message. The church will grow out as we seek a proclamation of faith in Christ. Look what the text says in verse 36. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, look, here's water. What can stand in my way of being baptized? Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. The eunuch answered, I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And he gave orders to stop the chariot. And both Philip and eunuch went down in the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away. And the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. You know where he went? All the way to Ethiopia. Uh, all of a sudden, Philip's gone. He'd just been immersed in baptism. And he went on to Ethiopia with the message uh, of the good news of Jesus. Do you know, to this day, Ethiopia is one of the most uh, Christ-following nations of the world. In the midst of all that other religious uh, background of that culture, Ethiopia, because of Philip and this eunuch, I believe, started the good news exploding in the nation of Ethiopia. Check it out. Google it. Uh, Many people profess Christ in Ethiopia, and I believe it has everything to do with the personal evangelism between Philip and this eunuch. What an amazing testimony. I believe that's what God's calling you to do today. As you're aware of the Holy Spirit's prompting, as you're loving on people, as you point to Jesus in Scripture, there comes a point where you are the witnesses for Christ. You're not just Christians. You're the witnesses of Jesus. Uh, And here's the thing. When you're leading someone to accept Christ, here's uh, four things that you you can do to quickly move them to understanding faith. It's the ABCs of proclamation of the faith. The first is this. Lead them to admit that they need a Savior. It's not hard. At some point, hey, I'm hurting, I'm broken, I want hope. I admit before God that I need his help because I'm a sinner. Uh, Secondly, uh, lead them to to confess their belief in him, to to say, I believe, I trust Jesus, that he's the one that can save me, that he did die for my sins, and now I can have life. It's this belief. it's, It's placing their faith in him. The C is confession. It's not confessing in their sin, but it's confessing with their mouth. You've seen people do this before. Maybe you've done it. If not, you need to. You need to declare with your mouth that Jesus is your Lord and Savior. He's not just your Savior. Everybody wants to be saved. But it's like Ben talked about. You're laying your, your, uh, your throne or your uh, crown at his feet and saying, you're the one that deserves this. You're my Lord. And the D is one I made up with Tiffany years ago for VBS. It's real theological. It's dunk. Okay? There's a point, just like the eunuch says, why shouldn't I be baptized? The water is right here. What permits me from doing that? If you believe with all your heart that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of Living God, there's nothing that holds you back from doing that and have your sins washed away. Not because the water makes you clean, but because the blood of Christ has freed you from your sin. And in baptism, the Bible says we share in his death and we also share in his resurrection. See, here's the reality that I need you to know. God cares for each and every one of you. And he wants to grow the church by us witnessing in the personal way that we can. God loves you like he did for the eunuch that exploded through Ethiopia that I believe he's going to do through my new friend, my new, my new trucker friend from IGA. Guys, he knows the word. He just hasn't been in it for the last four years. He's not been utilizing it. I believe through that encounter, God is going to spark a fire in him that it ignites people that I'll never meet. And you can also do the same thing. Have you expressed your need for Jesus? Have you admitted that? Do you believe that he's a son? Have you confessed it? Have you washed your sins away? What stands in the way from you taking the next step? It's often the fact that we want to wear the crown. But Ben talked about, it's the fact that I can't do it on my own. I'm going to lay this before you and Jesus, I need you to be my savior. Words matter. Remember daily ask about what that word um, hospitality meant? hospitable, and she came up with the definition on her own, to be kind and helpful to your guests. I got to go home with Daly two nights in a row, just her and I, from Greenville out to uh, Duck Road, where we live, and the way home last night, I said, hey, what's the best part of daddy-daughter dance? And I thought she was going to say, well, dancing with dad. She didn't say that. (laughs) I thought maybe she'd say the pulled pork, because it was really good. She didn't mention the pulled pork. You know what she said? Getting to give a tour to my truck driver's friend's daughter named Stephanie. Daly and I, during the dance, he wanted a a little tour of the children's ministry wing, and we went and just showed her and him where the children worship. And so Daly, on her way home, she says the best part of the daddy-daughter dance was me getting to be kind and helpful to our guests. And I can't help but think that will move them one step closer to really getting plugged back into the body of Christ. You can do that. If Daly can do that, if Philip can do that, if I can do that, you're a part of this plan to help us grow out. Because the church is not meant to be stagnant and die. The church is meant to thrive and multiply through the good news of Jesus. Would you stand with us as we sing? If you have a decision to make, maybe you need to confess Jesus as your Savior. Maybe you need to be baptized like the eunuch was. Maybe you need to commit to saying, I want to be a part of this plan where God grows his church out. Father in heaven, help us to make a decision today, whatever you put on our hearts. I pray for this family that uh, you've put in my path through a, a bumper. I pray for those who have been put in our paths through all different reasons, that they would take a step of faith and um, trust in you. In Jesus' name, amen.